Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 25. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified master health and wellness coach, Barbara Walsh. I am so excited that you're back with me for part two of my amazing interview with Dr. Renee Wellenstein. Dr. Renee, who is a double board certified physician, is also known as the libidoologist, empowering women to take control of their health, jumpstart their energy, improve their confidence, and reignite their libido. And in the first part of our interview, Dr. Renee shared how her own personal health challenge left her with unexplained symptoms and a misdiagnosis of depression. Feeling desperate for answers after exhausting all of the options that conventional medicine had to offer, Dr. Renee finally found the correct diagnosis and a solution that she had been looking for in the world of functional medicine. She also shared how taking this radically different approach caused her to make a pivot in her career to become a board-certified functional medicine practitioner. And those are just some of the highlights. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one of our interview, I encourage you to check out episode 24. And today I'm thrilled to be able to bring you the continuation of our conversation. I was fascinated by what Dr. Renee had to say about the real reason why so many women struggle with exhaustion and what we can do about it. And I'm sure that you're going to be surprised with some eye-opening information that she shared with me that I can't wait to share with all of you. So let's jump back in with part two of my interview with Dr. Renee Wellenstein. So you were saying um, through your experience that you found out that your adrenals were exhausted. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to someone who doesn't really understand mm -hmm. what the adrenals are? What do they do? And how can you tell if your, your adrenals are compromised like that? Yeah. Well, you know, so what it went after you listen to this, don't run to your doctor and say, I think I have adrenal dysfunction. Cause they're going to call you cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to one of those crazy podcasts again. Um, and you, you, you know what, honestly, you might have some really open-minded physicians out there. I don't want to, I don't want a blanket statement saying, but essentially how I was conventionally trained is that your these little glands on top of your kidneys are called the adrenal glands. They're little powerhouses. Let me tell you, they may be little, but they're mighty. And conventionally as a doctor, we think that there is just two conditions that can go wrong with them. Essentially that they're making no hormones, which a lot of the hormones they make not only help us with our stress response, but also help us with like electrolyte balance, like salt and water and all the kind of important things that we need going on that we don't even think about in our body. And then there's the other extreme whereby your adrenal glands are producing too many hormones. And that's not as life-threatening, but definitely symptomatic, um, physically symptomatic. And, you know, obviously you don't want too many of these hormones coursing through your body either. And as a conventionally trained doc, like we just are trained to think there's just, there's opposite ends of the spectrum and there's nothing in between. It's kind of counterintuitive because if you think about it before your kidneys fail, you have acute kidney failure. Like you don't, your kidneys, you don't just usually wake up one morning and have your kidneys no longer functioning. Same with women with the ovaries. Typically, a lot of women will have that perimenopausal phase where there's a little dysfunction and then one day they stop. And, you know, every other organ we can kind of compare. So why can't the adrenals do the same thing? Why can't there be an in-between of like over-functioning, not functioning at all? There's some in-between. 
And again, this is more, it's not an autoimmune condition. This is more related to stress. So essentially the hormone I talk about a lot with the adrenal glands is cortisol, which again, is the, is our fight or flight hormone. It's the, it's the hormone that gets released when you, a car juts out in front of you and you're almost in an accident or, you know, or prehistorically, you know, a tiger jumped out of a bush, your cortisol goes up because it does a lot of great things It mobilizes sugar to get you to run. Uh, it shuts down things that you don't necessarily need. Like you don't need to digest your food. You don't need to poop. You don't need to have a baby. So it shuts down your ovaries like transiently. So you can actually put all your energy to your muscles running from that tiger or putting on the brakes or what have you. And this particular hormone cortisol actually is secreted. Um, there's a, a very typical pattern throughout the day whereby it's, it rises in the morning and that's how with the sun, that's what gets us up in the morning. A lot of times people say, I don't even need an alarm clock. That's your cortisol waking you up. So cortisol typically is higher in the morning. The highest is going to be throughout the day to actually get your body started, um, set your, your internal biological clock, wake up. And then throughout the day, cortisol quote unquote should, I don't love the word should, but in an ideal world, it should nicely come down. And then in the evening hours be low at which time your melatonin, which is our sleep hormone starts coming up as the sun sets. Now that's in a beautiful, typical world. And that's exactly how we want it to, to function. However, with modern day stressors 24 seven, you know, and I'm not even talking about like when people say stress, like I see all comp- I see all stress, you know, we have the stress of like, um, physical stressors, you know, medical illnesses, but like emotional, you know, like worrying about finances, but then, then there's always like negative self-talk, which women are so great at, like they beat themselves up from the morning until night and all day in between. And, you know, that is really stressful on the body as well. Compound that with worrying about the finances and the kids getting virtual schooled and COVID and all the things stress is the last couple of years has been an all-time high. It was high to begin with. And, you know, a lot of times we are, our little adrenal glands, they pump out that cortisol to keep up with that stress response. Your body doesn't know that, oh my gosh, you're just stressed about the kids virtually schooling, or are you dying? Like, are you ready? Are you running from that tiger? Like stress is stress to your body. It's going to do the same exact response. It's going to release that cortisol, the sugar, shut down your gut. So you're not digesting, you're not pooping all the things And when we chronically do that after a while, your little adrenal glands get fatigued and that is a coin term, you know, but I think it describes the condition beautifully, whereby they get tired, they get tired of churning out tons and tons of cortisol. Not only that, the effects of that elevated level of cortisol on your body throughout time is not great for, for people. You know, we get sugar issues, we get weight issues, we can't focus our brains, foggy, all the things. And then eventually your little glands are like, we're tired. We're not going to put out that high level of cortisol in the morning. So guess what? You're not going to get out of bed when the sun rises, you're going to struggle in the fifth snooze button to get out of bed. And that's kind of where I was. I was that struggling person couldn't get out of bed and, um, you know, and, and throughout the day, and it looks different in everybody. Um, you know, why are two people different with the same stressors, genetics come into play, lifestyle comes into play, you know, how you're feeding your body, how you're sleeping, how do you manage your stress comes into play. And some are more affected earlier on with stressors than others. Like I went years and years and years. It wasn't until I 
got literally knocked off the horse that I had symptoms, but I was also slow enough to actually feel my body and like notice something was going on. Um, and realize I was consuming way too much coffee and sugar and salt just to sort of cope with my symptoms. So that's it in a nutshell. So, and there's varying degrees of it. I used to always love to catch, um, women on the earlier side of it before, you know, I did see very few women with very, you know, um, how do I want to say it? Tank words all throughout the whole day. Like it was just essentially low. And that's, those are cases where I would actually make sure that the adrenal glands were functioning optimally with the other hormones as well. But, um, I would catch most of the women in the in-between stages where they're just starting those early symptoms of just feeling a little tired. They can't quite get out of bed. They kind of are dragging throughout the whole day, finding themselves relying on these substances for external energy and, um, not really knowing what's going on. Many of them like myself getting misdiagnosed. And I'm not saying that some don't have depression. I don't want to say that either, but you have to start asking questions when the pill's not quite fixing the symptoms. Right. And that was definitely my case. Yep. Yep. I totally hear you. I had, it's funny, prior to my um, experience with breast cancer, I experienced a lot of that. I had, just like you're saying, I would drag through the day. And of course, like probably every other woman out there, I didn't have time to not, you know, to, to just lay down. I had to keep going. So in order to push myself to do whatever I needed to get done, that was my go-to. I mean, I would visit that very famous coffee chain several times a day, you know, and it was like, I was, I was a junkie. Honestly, I was, I mean, I always loved coffee, but I couldn't, I couldn't survive without it between coffee, sugary snacks and salty foods. All of that combination was my go-to too. But even with all of that, I think it would give me those little bursts, but then I would always end up kind of worse off than I was before. And it became like this vicious cycle that I, I couldn't really get out of, you know? And I think that's true for a lot of people out there for sure. I think two things um, are happening. Number one, we're normalizing this, this, these symptoms like, oh, it's just normal for you not to have energy. It's normal for you to hit the snooze button five days. It's five times in the morning. It's normal for you to live on. We make fun of the fact that we all need three cups of coffee in the afternoon or like, you know, the cravings and all the things like we, we laugh about it, but like, honestly, and we normalize it, but is it normal question mark? <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I have to ask you, is it normal? And, you know, cause a lot of women don't know what it is to feel energetic or to feel like they don't need the cup of coffee. Like this is their new norm. This is what they need to get throughout the day. And number two, you know, women are not present in their body. We are so, like you said, like we're just on the go and we just need to, oh gosh, we got the afternoon meeting. So like, let me stop at that chain <laughs> and get a, a, a vente and like get the biggest one I can and maybe get two. Cause I might need, you know, a couple to get through the rest of my afternoon meetings. And, you know, we're literally like, we're not, we're just thinking like the future I'm getting to the meetings. Like, what do I need? Not like, why am I tired? Like, why do I feel like this? You know, we're not in that. And that was me. That was definitely me. And it's not until I physically was not able to get off the couch. I was actually able to be present in my body and say, gosh, I've really had fatigue for a long time. I just pushed through it. Yeah. And I blame my career of being up in that the sleepless nights did not help, but like, uh, I never, I never would ask questions. And I just thought it was a normal side effect of my job, being a twin mama, all the things. And again, some of it was sleep deprivation, but not all the time. So 
Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think we do have a tendency to normalize that. Mm-hmm. I think not only that, but other illnesses as well, just because our culture is so pharma focused, honestly, mm-hmm. like every time you turn on the TV, there's medicines for this, medicines for that, medicines for everything under the sun that, and I had been in that position too, where I had all of these crazy symptoms that were recurring. I would go to the doctor, they couldn't pinpoint it. And so I would, they would send me, write me a prescription and they would send me home or I would constantly get over the counter, whatever, just trying to find relief. And then in a weird way, you just start feeling like, well, there's so many medications, this must be normal. <laughs> you know, they've, they've got something for all of this stuff. And so, or you just chalk it up to aging because, you know, when you get like, I'm in, I'm actually in menopause. So, or I've gone through menopause when you get to a certain age, you just start to assume that, okay, my body's going to start breaking down and I'm just getting old and that's the way it is. But amazingly, it doesn't really have to be that way. It doesn't. It doesn't. And you know, it's interesting and in defense of my docs out there, you know, I I don't come on shows to like bad talk conventional medicine because it was a huge part of my life. And it's, it's all I knew. I didn't know there's this whole other side of functional medicine and pills are good for some things. Like we need some pills to save our life, right? Sure. We have an infection. We might need an antibiotic. Like I get it, but I, I think we, as a society have been conditioned. I mean, I was in it again myself that have a symptom, go to your doc, get a pill. Yep. Right. And on the opposite side of being, I've, I've been both. I was that patient after my back injury on a handful of pills for my symptoms and then other pills for the side effects of those symptoms, the constipation and the nausea, all the things. And I'm like looking at my hand of pills going, gosh, wow. Like that, how'd that happen? Yeah. It happened because of my symptoms, but on the doctor side of it, the docs now, I mean, it's always been a problem with time with patients, but they literally have five minutes with you. And I think as a former prescribing doc who had a prescription pad, almost always in her hand, I would feel better if you came in to me with a symptom and I gave you a prescription, I feel so much better that even if I only spent five minutes with you, which by the way, I never did. I, I was that doc that we ran over all the time. Cause I spent so much more time with my patients, but I would actually feel better when you walked out of my office with a prescription in hand, because I'm like, Oh, I did something to make her feel better. And I just prayed that it would work, you know, whatever, whatever I prescribed. But, right. um, it's, it's when docs can't do that, that we start feeling like, Oh, we're not doing our job. Like we're sending a patient out. And that's when that's when we start calling symptoms normal, you know, mm-hmm. when your blood work comes back normal, quote unquote normal, and we just don't have a diagnosis because everything looks from the blood work. Good. You're called normal, sent out the door despite having those symptoms. And that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. I was yeah, essentially going to have to live like I was, and it was yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting what you're saying too, about how, when you were in your situation, the fact that you worked with someone who validated, you know, what you were feeling and saying, you know, you know what, this isn't just all in your head. You know, you're not just, you're not just a a drama queen, you know, there's something going on in there, Mm -hmm. but the better part of it was there was something that you could actually do about it. So I think that that's, that's the biggest takeaway because, you know, I think most people think that, you know, if there's not a medication for it or something like that, then they're just going to be stuck feeling that way, you know, forever, you know? Yeah. That was me. That was me. I was feeling so helpless and hopeless. I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like, how do I, I mean, what do I do now? Like I, the medications aren't working and I'm 
big being shoveled out the door of my back. She was so sweet though. And she's like, I just don't know what else to do. And I'm like, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it somehow. I don't, I didn't know how, yeah. but like, I literally, like I said that, and then I'm walking out going, what the heck am I going to do now? Like live with this because yeah. the pills aren't working. And there's, I don't fit in any other box of a diagnosis in the conventional world. And so, you know, again, some of my docs really tried to help but when they ran out of options, IE pills, it's like, oh, we don't know what else to do. And so that's when, you know, that's when functional medicine comes to save the day. Because a lot of times I even work with the women that have been, you know, failed the medications, their docs aren't listening, or they don't feel heard. Um, and the part of that is because the docs are so busy, I get it. But when they don't know what to do about something, they don't listen always, always, you know, they'll say it's normal, go, you know, and so you know, just that validation is a huge component for a lot of women I work with. Like you're, you're seen, you're heard, this is not normal. And we're going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. That's life-changing in and of itself. Yep. I have the same thing with my coaching clients too, Mm -hmm. because they're, they come to you and they're just at their wits end usually is what happens. Mm -hmm. Ideally it would be great if we could reach people before they get to their wits end, but thankfully at least there are options. Yeah. I was at my wit's end. Like I was, I was rock bottom. Like, I don't think I would have sought out functional medicine if those antidepressants had worked. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, and again, had it been depression, they would have worked and we wouldn't be having this conversation and I wouldn't be in functional medicine. But for me personally, that, that just wasn't the, the case. And it's really interesting for the conventional world, not to identify any adrenal dysfunction. Um, and it's called HPA access dysfunction, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal dysfunction. Like there's lots of names for it. Essentially your adrenal glands just aren't working optimally as they should, because they're just, they've been overutilized a little too much, but I saw it, I would say it probably in like 90, 95% of my patients. When my office closed, I I used to have a brick and mortar for four years and I had 350 patients when we closed. And I would say 90 to 95% of them, mostly women, I would see it in. And it was just like, you know, and it's interesting because I could kind of tell based on a person, a woman's symptoms, how it would look, I would always play this little game. And, and we tested it by doing a, a salivary cortisol test. So essentially she would spit in a tube, okay. not very sexy <laughs> spit in a tube. Uh, but you know, we would be looking four times in a, in a day. So she spit in a tube four times during the day to see what her cortisol is doing throughout the day. And I would always play a little game of like how she felt and like what I thought her cortisol curve would look like. And you know, for that woman to come in and, and look at her, just like I did, like the day I saw mine, I wanted to cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's so real. Like, this is exactly how I feel throughout the day. And you know, that's all, it, all it takes for a woman to really start changing her life. me, myself included, because when I saw that and I said, it's all within my control to change this. And I, the expectations, uh, cause I am an instant, I used to be an instant gratification kind of woman. And I think many people are like, I want to see results like now, <laughs> like yesterday, but I really had to, you know, have grace on myself and be like, you know what, this is going to take a longer time. And it's really hard when you're that exhausted, when you don't see immediate results to keep going. Uh, but you know, just having that long game, whether it be six months, whether it be a year, whether it be two years in mind, but just knowing that it's not in your head and there's like, there's something you can do about it. It's just so life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing. It is. It's incredible. Really empowering too, you know? Yeah, I agree. So- so what types of things did you do to sort of reverse that for yourself? Well, I started, uh, I, I, it was interesting because I knew there was a lot on my plate. Like I had to overhaul my nutrition, you know, I had to cut down on the sugar because what happens is it, it, I mean, 
we can talk about sugar for other things, but like, it just was this vicious cycle. Like the more sugar I consumed and excess salt. And again, salt's not bad. I love sea salt, but I was eating it in the form of processed foods, ultra processed foods. And, um, the overdose of caffeine again, love caffeine. I mean, love coffee, you know, coffee has great health benefits, but when you're overdoing it and using all of these as a a crutch, I know that they weren't serving my body. And so I think the hardest thing to think though, is I'm so exhausted and this is how I get through my day. So me personally, I had to number one, have a little grace on myself that this wasn't going to happen overnight and start little changes, little, little bits. I honestly do believe in some strategic supplementation. So, you know, I feel like supplements can be just like medications. You can't out supplement a poor diet or out, you know, or out exercise a poor diet, right? It's not what the saying says, but I also feel with supplements, they could be overused like medications. Like I would have some people in my past come to me and like, they're on like 50 supplements. I'm like, I actually had one woman ask me if I could cut down on her supplements because her supplements were basically her mortgage payment, like the cost a month. Yeah. And she was using quality supplements, but I'm like, you do not need all of those. My goodness. So I think, I think a lot of people like learn about a supplement. I need it. Learn about a supplement. I need it as opposed to like really changing and potentially using it strategically while you're healing, but then not using it as a crutch for the long term. Mm. Yeah. I think it goes back to that whole, um, just the way that we're all conditioned that, you know, we go and we get whatever that med is and we take it and we get better, you know, and I think even if we move away from conventional and we start to explore other options, it's still, it's still kind of a mindset for sure. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, you just switch from a prescription med to a supplement, you know, same abuse, um, and, and costly and like your poor gut probably can't absorb all those nutrients. Like, and they take energy to absorb, But for me personally, I started a few strategic uh, supplements, like a B complex, because again, I would go to the fridge, open the fridge. I'd have salad mix in there, but I was exhausted. Like I couldn't even fathom putting a salad mix in a bowl. That's how tired I was. I would literally shut the the cap, the door, the, the fridge and go to my cabinet and get a bag of chips and go sit on the couch and finish that bag of chips. So what the B B's did for me, the B vitamins, um, and a lot of women are deficient in B vitamins. I mean, I love nutrition, but a lot of our foods deficient as well. So I oftentimes will see women deficient, but for me, I personally used it. Yes, I was deficient, but that's not what I cared about. I cared about energy. Yeah. So it was like my little natural energy shot that I would take daily to try to like, okay, so today I'm going to make that better option, the better choice of a salad versus the bag of chips. <laughs> maybe tomorrow I'm back to the chips, but like, and again, having grace on myself that maybe not every day I'm going to have that salad, but if I start having it more days than not, and not even a salad, just something aside from a bag of chips, um, something more nutritious, something more whole food. And I just started really little, like just maybe a couple lunches a week or a couple breakfasts a week. And start gradually cutting down on my coffee. And I, it does start with awareness. Like I really had to be aware of like, it just becomes habit, right? Like you just turn to that coffee. You don't even know you're doing it. So I really had to become aware of, so beginning, beginning was awareness of like, where these things were coming into my life. Like, where was I grabbing that bag of chips? Where was I drinking that cup of coffee in the afternoon? Um, where was I turning to the candy, the candy bar at the grocery store checking out? Cause it, you know, was good. Um, and so, and then little by little, I would, because of the B complex, I also had another supplement that would help me 
with stress, it's called L-theanine. It's an amino acid from green tea. Really. Um, you could get it from matcha tea as well. It's, it made me feel very focused and very, um, just calmer. I, that's all I can say. I always say it's like the natural Xanax. Um, it's, it's a great supplement. It's a little costly. Um, I do prefer to get it in my matcha tea now, but, uh, I do think those two supplements were key to like, help me feel calmer while I was trying to navigate the stressors in my life. And the bees helped me just get a little bit of quote unquote artificial energy and try to cut down on the coffee because it's really hard to get women who are stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted to like, want to eat better. Right. Especially if you're not going to see the results, like, you know, so many women like go look to the scale. Cause I had weight gain as well, by the way, like I had a huge weight gain, felt awful about myself. My confidence, my self-esteem were in, in the tank because of every, just everything, how my purpose in life and how I felt as a mom and how my body looked like, ah, that was awful. But I have to say, you know, just simply prioritizing sleep, having grace on myself that sometimes on the weekends I had to sleep in a little bit, not beating myself up that I wasn't up at five o'clock with the kids. Um, making sure I little by little focused on eating better foods. So, and then a couple supplements, I slowly would not crave that cup of coffee, or it was just easier for me to mindfully not have it or not get that bag of chips or not turn to the candy bar or what have you. And I have to say, so this, my journey started in February of 2014 by May, I woke up one morning and I said, I want to exercise. Like I, I actually want to exercise. So that's the other little caveat. Like a lot of times we're like, okay, I have to exercise. I have to change my diet. I have, like there was no exercise going on in my life, January, February, March, April until this one. And it was towards the end of May that I literally woke up without my alarm. And I said, I feel, and I really had this change of my mindset too, of like, only I can do this. My doctor's not going to exercise for me and help me, you know, and again, it's more back then it was, I did want to lose weight, but like, it's an all around health picture, whatever goal it is that you have, like mine again was the weight loss. Like, but still I, to this day, do it not for weight loss, just for health maintenance. But I really needed that four months prior of just TLC, get my sleep, trying to eat better. Um, trying to learn how to manage my stress. You know, I learned how to meditate. I took walks. I did some deep breathing, like a lot of things that I hadn't ever done that fateful day in May. I was just like exercise. Like I really want to just, and I did, I just quietly get up, get up before my entire family. That was unheard of <laughs> and go to the basement you know, and hit, you know, a play on a, on some sort of workout now, now after the pandemic, everyone can work out at home. Yeah. And, uh, it, I remember my husband saying about a couple months later, he's like, what are you doing every morning? Cause I didn't say anything to anyone. Like, I'm just like, I just, I put my head down and just did what I had to do to feel better. And he noticed, he's like, you, you're, you obviously you're losing weight, but you're looking, um, like you feel better. You're looking like you have more energy. You're looking more confident. Like you're looking like you're not like wanting to like lay on the couch all day. And I'm like, I don't, I actually, I'm starting to feel better. And I just continued to refine, like add on a little bit more exercise. I started very basic modifications, obviously, because I had back in my back injury. And so, but it's amazing, like how a little bit goes a long way and just showing up every day. And I never would miss twice. I might miss one day, but I would try to show up and do five minutes at least in a day, just so I never, never miss twice. And you know, those little habits. And then when mentally I started, like the energy was a, a non-scale victory, but then the weight started coming out. That was another like, okay, I can do this. And 
you know, again, all those little symptoms that I, I was having, um, little by little chipped away and resolved completely. Wow. That's incredible. I think that's amazing that, um, I think that's something too, that you really hit the nail on the head. Everybody is so conditioned to having everything instantaneously. And I think when, um, especially as women, like if we end up having some sort of health issue, or even if it happens to be like, I know before when I was going through menopause, I mean, I was one of those people who put packed on the weight, you know, and that's just a normal thing when you go through menopause for probably 90% of women out there. And, um, you know, when you experience these things, it doesn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? It's like something has been gradually going on behind the scenes for, for quite some time in many cases, and you just don't realize it. It's like this insidious thing that's happening in the background. You just don't know it. And the next thing you turn around, you wake up and you, you feel pretty lousy or something is, is, you know, seriously wrong. But when you want to make that shift, it's definitely not going to, it didn't happen overnight. So it's not going to resolve overnight. So we need, we need to give ourselves time and grace to allow our bodies to heal. That's, that's the big takeaway. What, what I get from what you're saying is that, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, a big situation and it was probably tough thinking about, you know, how long is this going to take? When am I going to start to see something happening here? But you stayed with it every day. You did something every day. And I think that's important because especially most women, I think that we're all overachievers. You know, if we haven't conquered it or mastered it in like five minutes, then we feel like we're total failures, you know, and then we feel like, why should we even bother doing it? Because, you know, we couldn't do it immediately. And I think it's, it's important to sort of step back and allow ourselves that kind of grace. And then not only that, but um, feel good about the fact that we're taking steps in that direction. Because over time, you get an amazing payoff at the end of that when you stay with it. So, and, you, and you're like a, a prime example of that, which is amazing, you know? Absolutely. You know, and I had, I looked at my kids every day. I just wanted to be a better mom, have more energy that, you know, I didn't want to be that mom going to Disney, had everything to sit down every two minutes. And I want to have a little more stamina to be able to, to do things with them. And, um, and, you know, so I had to just keep why I was doing it in my mind, aside from my own health. But like, you know, I have these little ones that, I wanted them to see their mom a different way. I didn't want to see their, have them see their mom. Like, and I know some people have to, but like, if you have a choice and I did have a choice and don't get me wrong, I played victim for a solid year, year and a half of like, poor me. I went through the whole grieving process. And that was something I had to go through to get to the other side of like, really starting to feel like I, I only, I had the control and I could do it. Like, you know, you look around you and you think, oh, she can do it, but I can't why not? Like you can do it too. Maybe you're not going to get to the end point. You know, it's, and it's interesting because we look around and we see everybody's, you know, end result. They don't, we don't see what we started with or like how they felt in the beginning. And the same with me, like people see me and I'm like, you have no idea. Uh, you know, let me get out the pictures of me with my walker and me laying on the couch with my dog on me, like, you know, just looking completely spent. Like I just, I had no energy and just didn't, you, you could tell I wasn't happy. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to put on that smile, but I'm like, oh, I was not happy. Yes. So I do think, um, just that, uh, I went through my process and I, I think, you know, everyone has to go through their own process of like coming to the realization that they, they have to do it themselves and they have the power to do it. It's just, and, and if it takes them a year, so be it, it takes you a year. Yeah. It's okay. 
Yeah, that's true. Nobody's keeping score. <laughs> only you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're the only ones for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So now that you're um, in the world of functional medicine, you're no longer doing an OBGYN practice. So how do you work with people now? Yeah, I'm not even in an office anymore. Uh, my office, it's interesting. So functional medicine uh, in my area, so I live in central New York, it was a new concept. It was a new concept to pay to see your doctor. Um, they didn't even know what we did. <laughs> you know, like, what, what's this root cause medicine? What do you do? And so I pivoted. I was in limbo for about a year, not knowing how to do this doctor thing online. And uh, August of 2019, I figured it out. And so I started my own online business pre-pandemic. I was head of head of the curve. Yeah. Uh, and now I help women comp just solely online. Um, so anywhere in the country about a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, I started talking more about the libido and women mm. just because it's another normalized symptom in women, which is not the case. And, uh, I still get to talk about everything else. I love, you know, nutrition and detox and, and, uh, sleep and toxins and, hormones, hormones. I get to talk about hormones a lot, but, um, you know, a lot of women don't understand that we need to stop, uh, normalizing these symptoms and start again, taking control. If it's not where you want it, even your libido, there's something we can do about it. So, and if it doesn't bother you, if it's low and it doesn't bother you, there's not a problem. I'm not here to demonize desire. And, you know, I come at it from a different perspective. Like I, the women I work with really just especially after the pandemic, they don't want to be touched. They don't want any intimacy. Like, I don't, I don't talk about bedroom stuff as much. Cause I have a, I, I consider it if she wants to go in there, like a success, like these women I work with, they're like, don't touch me. Don't come near me. <laughs> That's what we're working again. So, but they don't know why it's happening. So like, we have to get to the root cause of like, why are they feeling that way? So, and a lot of women, again, are feeling very helpless and hopeless. Like they're losing their, they feel like they're losing their marriages or their relationships because of their lack of desire. And so, mm. and again, it's just another symptom. Usually there's other things going on and we have to take care of all of it to get her back, not just put a pill. And there's no good pill for that for women, by the way. So that's why a lot of women out there feel, you know, helpless because there's nothing, they can't be quote, quote fixed. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I might have to have you back so we could talk a little more about that. Cause that sounds really interesting too. So, yeah, it's complex. It's a lot more complex than, um, than women think, you know, like I, and, and I, have, I'm the libidoologist, by the way, like that's my trademark name. It's a completely made up name, but I actually study libido in women. Like I've been studying, I've studied it for over 20 years because it was always such a mystery to me, mm -hmm. but now even more so. And I find, you know, in a, and I never say this to, um, disempower women or, or discourage them, but we are complex. We're a lot more complex than men. Men can give them a pill. It's probably used due to one hormone. We are not that way. So, you know, it's really took a lot of, uh, talking to women, working with women to really figure out and everyone, every woman, just like what we do, every woman's different, you know? So no two women are going to have the same reason why their libido is low. And it's probably not just one thing. Wow. Well, this has been so great. I really appreciate you coming and being on the show today and sharing all of your experience, your knowledge, and your encouragement in the situation that you went through. And, um, how can people get in touch with you? I know people are going to want to get in touch with you. So, yeah, well, I, um, I have a website, drreneewellenstein.com and I have a podcast, the real heal intimate uh, conversations with holistic health experts. 
And then I'm all over social media at Dr. Renee Wellness. And I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I have a private Facebook group where we talk all things holistic health. Um, so I really just try to put myself everywhere. So wherever you are in life, if you're just coming into this world, like, and you want to get started as far as like, where do I even start? Like there's, there's a place for you in my world where I can help you, you know, free or working with me all the way up to one-on-one. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. It was really great meeting you also, because I mean, you just have such a great, inspiring story. You have, um, a real genuine heart to help people. It just comes through. And I, I just really enjoyed meeting you and I, I loved having you. So thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. This is great. That was an amazing interview. I don't know about you, but I think that Dr. Renee is incredibly inspiring. I just love how she turned her situation around through the discovery of functional medicine, which is all about getting to the root cause of an illness rather than just masking a symptom with a medication. Even though the health challenge that I faced was pretty different from what Dr. Renee faced, I feel like we have the shared experience of discovering the power of functional medicine and using what we learned to achieve a healthy transformation in spite of what seemed like impossible circumstances. And just like Dr. Renee, deciding to use a radically different approach was a real game changer, and it actually helped me to overcome breast cancer naturally. And I think that there's a few other things that we share too. Dr. Renee's experience was the catalyst for her becoming a double board-certified doctor, and my experience was the reason behind my decision to become a board-certified master health coach. And that's because we both have a passion for helping women reclaim their energy and their health. I can't thank Dr. Renee enough for being my guest on the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I really hope that after hearing what she had to share in both parts of our interview, that you feel empowered and inspired to get in the driver's seat when it comes to your health. To find out more about Dr. Renee, you can connect with her on her website, www.drreneewellenstein.com, or by email, drrenee at drreneewellenstein.com, or on Facebook at The Libidoologist, and on Instagram at Dr. Renee Wellenstein. I'll be sure to leave her links in the show notes for you as well. And if you're new to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast and you're curious about my story of overcoming breast cancer naturally with the power of nutrition and prayer, without surgery, radiation, or chemo, and how I lost 30 pounds in the process without dieting, be sure to check out some of the earlier episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast, especially episode one. And if you've been struggling to find a way to keep your energy levels up and just plain feel better, believe me, I have been there. And speaking from personal experience, it really is possible to turn your situation around. So if you're ready to regain your energy without maxing out on sugar or caffeine, I have the perfect free gift for you. The Busy Woman's Secret to Energy That Won't Quit is for you if you're a busy and exhausted woman who wants an effective solution that will make a real difference in the way that you feel every day. In fact, the secret that I share in this resource can help you to boost your energy levels naturally, stay energized without the rush of sugar or the jitters of caffeine, feel alert and focused even on the busiest days, and have energy to spare when the workday ends. To get your free gift, go to www.goodnaturewellness.com slash secret energy freebie. 
And if you're ready to go a step further and you want a proven blueprint for how you can take control and transform your health and look and feel better than ever, you, my friend, are in the right place. To find out how working with your own personal board-certified master health coach can help you to reclaim your energy and experience positive changes in your body and your health that will last, you definitely want to grab a free Empowered Health Strategy session with me. Just go to goodnaturewellnesscalendar.as.me slash empoweredhealth to grab a spot on my calendar or send an email to healthcoachingwithbarbara at gmail.com or to barbara at goodnaturewellness.com or you can visit my website www.goodnaturewellness.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at good underscore nature underscore wellness or on Facebook at goodnaturewellness. And speaking of Facebook, I want to personally invite you to join my Facebook group, 40 Plus Women, Healthy, Fit, and Fabulous. It's a growing community of like-minded women who want to look and feel better naturally, and it would be amazing if you would be a part of it. I will leave a link to the group in the show notes that you can click to join, along with all of my other links so that we can get connected and stay connected. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I really hope that you enjoyed part two of my interview with Dr. Renee. And if you haven't heard part one of this interview, you definitely want to go and check out episode 24. And if you know someone else who would benefit from hearing this interview, please share it with them too. And an extra special thank you to all of my subscribers out there who tune in on a regular basis. I really appreciate all of you so very much. And if you happen to be new to the show and you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And one more thing, if you're so inclined to leave a rating and a review for this show, it would mean so much to me. Your comments and ratings make it easier for more people to find out about the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Many thanks to all of you again. This has been Barbara Walsh, board-certified master health coach and host of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I'll see you next time. Disclaimer. The Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed or information that is presented by NBC HWC board-certified master health coach Barbara Walsh is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness be responsible for damages and connection with the use of this podcast.